Good morning. I said, good morning. Yes, this is another day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Did y'all come and have church service this morning? Are you here to worship the Lord? Are you here to give him thanks and praise? Do you remember where he brought you from? Do you remember where he was years ago? Do you know where you are right now? You're in the Lord's house. And God is good. And God is good. First of all, we want to welcome each and every one of you for our Sunday morning service. To our live stream audience, we ask that you wake up your family. Knock them on the door, tap them on the head, call them on the phone, text them any way you want to. Just tell them that we are here to serve the Lord, to join us, and let them know that they too will have the opportunity to be blessed in the Lord through their giving today. Amen. But to serve God is a mighty thing that he had put upon our heart. So let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. We have so much, Lord, to be thankful for. We remember, the Lord, the times that we didn't have the things that we have. We remember the times, Lord, that we were sick and shut in. We remember the times, Lord, that there was problems in our family. We remember the times, Lord, that we didn't have anything, didn't know which way to go, didn't know which way to turn. But, Lord, we remember your word. You said you'd never leave us, nor will you ever forsake us. For that, dear Heavenly Father, we just want to give you praise and thankful for all the mighty things and the works that you have done. We can't help you, Heavenly Father, but to remember the goodness that you have showed upon us. Lord, you made it possible through your Son, Jesus Christ, that we may have eternal life. By his stripes, you say that we are healed. And, Lord, we just want to thank you. We thank you for the peace of mind that you have given us. We thank you, Lord, for protecting our families. We thank you, Lord, for protecting our jobs and our finances, Lord, and our homes, Lord, protecting us from evil, Lord, protecting us from destruction, Lord, protecting us from danger. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father. We're looking forward, Lord, for another day. We thank you for this day. And, Lord, we look always for another day to uplift your name, to praise you, to give you the glory, to give you the praise that you so worthy of Lord. Lord, we thank you. Now, Lord, we ask you right now, if you don't mind, Lord, go to the hospital, Lord, and touch those that are ailing and sick, Lord, that are in pain. Give them comfort this morning, dear Lord. We ask also, Lord, to go to the nursing home. Lord, go to the shelter. Go to the homeless home, Lord. We ask the Heavenly Father to go to all the ministry, Lord, that's feeding the sick, visiting the those in prison behind jailhouses, Lord. We just want to thank you, Lord. Make your way. Make your way. We know you will make a way out of no way, Lord. And we just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for protecting our families, our loved ones, our children, Lord. We pray for that, 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 that child, Lord, that has drifted away. We call in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, that you bring them right back to the household of faith, Lord. We just want to thank you, Lord. Lord God, we just want to thank you. So, Lord, we ask you right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, in your precious name, we pray. And all of God's people say, amen. Hey, amen again. One time for the Father. One time for the Son. And one time for the Holy Ghost. God bless you.
Good morning, K Chapel. My name is Deacon Allen, and I'll be leading you in devotion this morning. Start with the scriptures. The scriptures coming from Psalms 32, verses 1 through 7, and it reads as follows. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve, preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about the songs of deliverance. Selah, God's word for God's people. Please join me in a word of prayer. Dear God, we've gathered before you in this sacred space to acknowledge and thank you for being our God. We pray that our worship is a sweet aroma to your holy nostrils, that you find pleasure in our praise. Lord, we ask that you add a special blessing to those that are going through something and struggling to see their way through. Father, we ask that you send the blessings where the need is, regardless of the need and regardless of the person. Father, we pray that our souls have been revitalized, re-energized, and restored by the men that you brought uh, during our revival services last month. For we're reminded that by one, that when we feel we face insurmountable odds, can't find our way and want to give up, that if we are a praying church, we must stand up, watch the shackles of the world that bind us fall off, then put on our spiritual clothes of redemption. We stand up and we put our clothes back on that we may live out our purpose and be about our Father's business. A second reveal that before we were born, before we were formed in the womb, even a thought, Father, you created our purpose, chose us to perform it, and equipped us to complete it. Each one of us will, each one of us has been appointed and anointed to fulfill our own prenatal purpose. Dear God, we recognize that there will be battles waged against us. But Father, we also have been reminded that the battle is yours and not ours. Father, we simply ask that you allow us to witness the manifestation of your victory over the enemy so that we may testify of your goodness, your power, and your authority. Lastly, Father, we ask that on this day, the servant purposed to share a word from you will be used to light the way for some questioning, wavering, or lost soul, that they may see you, desire you, and dedicate their life to you. Allow this praying church to operate in your purpose, that others are blessed and you are glorified. We humbly submit this prayer and all show ourselves in agreement by saying amen, amen, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, good morning, Cave Chapel. I bring you uh, the announcements for this morning. First and foremost, before we get into any announcements, we want to recognize all September birthdays. If you have a birthday in September, we ask that you stand right now. Amen. Amen. Let's sing happy birthday. 
Can we give them just a round of applause? Happy birthday to each of you. So the Cade Chapel Girl Scouts registration is now open to all new and returning girls. To sign up, contact Margaret McGee or Bertie Martin at the numbers shown on the screen. The Girl Scouts annual back to school event will be on September 9th, 2023 here at the church from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Next, uh, let's learn how to do patchwork quilt. The meeting times are second and fourth Wednesday of each month through April of 2024 from 10 to 1 p.m. It's located here in the Family Life Center and our instructor will be none other than our own Dr. Lucille Green. Amen. <laughs> All of September, is back to Sunday school month. A K members can register to attend or volunteer for Sunday school using the QR code on the screen or on the card in the back of the pew. So just remember, all month is back to Sunday school month. We need everybody to come back to Sunday school. Amen. All <laughs> right. <laughs> so as I'm coming. <laughs> All right, the youth retreat is back. I said the youth retreat is back. <laughs> this will take place at the, end of of, at the end of September at Twin Lakes. The retreat is for youth ages 12 through 18. Sign up on the K-Chapel website by September 9th or go to, your, to, go to the announcements section to sign up. Now is the time to sign up for Girl Power. Registration forms are available for the Girl Power leaders, or you can register on the K-Chapel website under announcements. Attention to all youth and parents of K-Chapel and B Church. The Youth Night for the Jackson District Association's annual session for the Congress of Christian Education will be held here at the church on September 18th, 2023 at 6.30 p.m. The youth department needs the youth of K-Chapel to participate on youth night through song, praise, dance, and greeting other youth participants. Please make plans to attend. And our last announcement is coming from Doris Bridgman, and she wants us to announce that all members of the Fellowship Choir Ministry are asked to meet in the Willie Wright Center Gymnasium on next Sunday, September 9th immediately following the 11 o'clock service for a special post 50th year celebration. <laughs> they will need to RSVP to Mrs. Bridgman, Sister Fern Anderson, or Sister Valerie Shelby, since refreshments will be, will be served. Please let Sister Bridgman know if, she, if you have any questions. Again, that's next Sunday. September 9th at 11 o'clock, there will be a post 50th year celebration in the really Wright Center Gymnasium. 
please RSVP with Sister Bridgman. These are our announcements. Let us take heed to them all. God bless you. Good morning. You know, you can't beat God no matter how you try. You can't beat him giving. Because every day he blesses us. He blessed us yesterday. He blessed us last month. He blessed us last year. But then morning by morning, new blessings we see. There's some things you didn't have yesterday that you're going to have today. If it's just simply some new oxygen to breathe. So right now, yes, it is tithe and offering time. You know, we, we, we give to show our obedience to God. And then we give to show thanks to the master for providing all of our needs and probably most of everything that we want. And then thirdly, we give to see the kingdom of God grow through the ministries and missions from us here at Cade Chapel. You can give by texting the number on the screen. You can mail your, your, your offering to the office here at the church, 1000 West Ridgeway Street, or you can bring it. Those of you that are present, there are baskets at the entrance and exits to the sanctuary. Remember, though, that if you just give genuinely, God will bless you for your giving. So do it without necessity, but give it because God blessed you to give. Thank you.
are truly wonderful. Father, we ask that you continue to bless us as we continue to give and have a heart to give, Father. Father, we ask that you bless this offering. Father, we know and understand that no matter how much we give, it compares nothing to what you give us each and every day. Father, we thank you for being a mighty God. We thank you for not being so mighty, Father, that you are not a part of our everydayness. Father, that you are evident in our lives each and every day. And Father, we thank you for that. And Father, we thank you for each and every opportunity you give us to bless someone else. Father, to serve your will. And Father, no matter what we give, we ask that we do it with a kind heart, with a giving heart, with a loving spirit. Father, and continue to keep in mind for ourselves that it's not something that we do, but it's something you allow us to do. And we thank you. Father, we honor you. We, raise, we praise your name and we bless you today. Bless this offering and allow it to be a blessing unto those that receive it. Father, give them wherever the need is. And if there's more that needs to be done, put it on our hearts to do more. Father, to live greater and to be better disciples of you. These blessings we ask to your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning, K Chapel. 1 Peter, the second chapter, verse 24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we may die to sins and live for righteousness. But his, by his wounds, you have been healed. We ask that you continue to pray for all of our bereaved families. Dr. Lou Helen Sanders lost her nephew, Mr. Andrew Lee. Mr. Andrew Lee Jr. Mr. Lee was the chef for the Nate Ruffin Scholarship Banquet back in July. The funeral for Mr. Lee will be held on Saturday, September 9th at 11 o'clock a.m. at Hall's Free Will Baptist Church in Bolton. We have Brother Leo Hartfield Jr. was hospitalized on last week and is now recovering at home. And each week I ask you to pray when you doing your travels during the week. But today we're going to start with prayer here. Join me in a word of prayer, please. Father God, we come to you today because we know you as a healer. We come, Father, on behalf of those in our lives who are sick. Lord, for whatever reason, you have allowed sickness to enter into their lives. We pray you would comfort them during this season of illness. Let them know that they are cared for. And in some cases, Father, where some may feel that all is lost, remind them that you still hold all power in your hands. Father, give them hope no matter where they are, no matter their circumstances. On this day, we ask you to give them a sense of victory. We stand praying for those who may be losing faith because of their illness, beginning to lose faith because they feel that you won't show up on time. Father, we pray that you will let them know that you are still with them and that you never left us eyes, Lord. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will find hope that they will find hope 
and joy in their pain and suffering. We also pray for those that are having to make sacrifices to become caregivers to those who are ill. So, Father, we pray for your grace each day, and we ask that you would heal where healing is needed, comfort where comfort is needed. And, Father, if it be your will that their bodies not be healed, we pray, O oh Lord, that you will heal their spirit. Bless now, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
nosso Deus. And if you're serious about it, you'll add to that, Lord, order my stops. In other words, show me where to go. And show me where to avoid going. Direct me completely. Order my step. The old church used to say, guide me. Oh, thy great Jehovah. Pilgrim through this barren land. I'm weak, but wish I had some Baptist folk in here. And they say, bread of heaven. Bread of heaven, feed me till I won't no more. You don't know that when they simply said, lead me, guide me along the way. Lord, if you lead me, I, I cannot stray. Lord, let me walk each day with thee. Lead me. Oh, Lord, lead me. Then the male choir would come and they'd say, just a closer walk with thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be daily walking close to thee. My God, my God. All I'm trying to say is there's something to be said about God leading you directing you and walking with you. Order our steps in your word. Psalm 32 read earlier in your hearing and I I will reread it simply because I want to read it from a different version from the updated edition of the New Revised Standard Version. I want us to hear it in this particular translation, Psalm 32, beginning with verse number one. There you will find these words recorded again in the updated edition of the New Revised Standard Version. These words you will find, happy are those whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silent, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. At a time of distress, the rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are 
a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk about a psalm about sin. A psalm about sin. Um, when we think of the psalms, there are certain themes that, that, that typically come to mind. We, we quickly associate the book of psalms with worship. With praise, you know, I will bless the Lord at all times. We quickly associate the Psalms with, uh, with the idea of suffering. When the psalmist asks the question, how long? We, we associate the Psalms even with the themes of retribution. When the psalmist says, fret not yourself because of evildoers, for they shall soon be cut down as the grass and wither as the green herb. But we do not so readily associate the book of Psalms with the issue of sin. We don't so quickly think about sin and its association with Psalm. But that's exactly what Psalm 32 is about. And, and I'm glad that, that, that as the psalmist, this psalm book is a book of song, of worship, of praise... I'm glad that the psalmist had the intuitiveness and the thoroughness to consider and include the issue of sin when talking about worship. Because you can't really worship God without dealing with your sin. You, you, you cannot fully Worship the Lord if you are superficially dealing with sin. And I know, I know, I know we think we've gotten beyond the subject of sin and the story of sin and the results of sin. But, but I'm not so sure that we don't need to be reminded every now and then about the seriousness of sin. The nature of Big S, sin. And the committal of small s, sins. And their impact upon the believer's life is something that the church needs to spend more time dealing with and talking about and teaching disciples about. Why? Because we live in a day when sin is looked upon as something as being subjective. Sin. We, we have raised a generation and perhaps even two who now don't even recognize sin as sin. Y'all not talking to me in here. We, 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 we have raised a generation or two now who no longer accept the idea of being in sin. And they surely don't know anything about being convicted by sin. Sin. This modern church has missed the mark 
in its responsibility in keeping before the people the reality of sin and how we should deal with it. Folk walk around and no longer sorry about sin. No longer grieved in their spirits about sin. They don't even identify themselves with being sinners. Some of you looking at me right now and saying, you talking about me? Yeah. And somehow we have to do a better job teaching on and talking about and making plain the subject of sin and its impact upon humanity. Sin and the impasse that it creates between God and man. Sin and the impression that it makes upon the soul of man and how God incarnate through the person of Jesus Christ dealt with sin. That's what the story of the Bible is all about. When you break it all down, it is about sin and how God deals with it. Sin and how God dealt with it from the moment of Adam eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This book is about how God reconciled the world from the penalty and the punishment of sin. Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. In other words, through Jesus Christ, God dealt with the separation that sin creates between man and God and reconciled us to himself. And clearly, we don't know when to shout. Clearly. We, we, we have so glossed over and, and minimized sin, we've forgotten that that's the shout right there. That God dealt with sin to the degree that he was willing to let his son die so that we could get back to him. If you don't shout about that, what do you shout about? That, that in the process of time, God incarnate through Jesus Christ gave his life so that we could be back in union with him. The nature of sin is therefore in opposition to the nature of God's holiness. So when we commit sins, we do those things that are in opposition to God. When we commit sins, we do those things that are antithetical to God. Stealing is sin because it is antithetical to God. Cheating is sin because it is antithetical to God. Impurity is antithetical to God. Evil is, anti that just means opposite. 
it's, it's the absolute opposite of who God is and what God stands for. Wickedness is opposite to the righteousness of God. And when we do anything that is evil, impure, unholy, when we do things that are unethical, immoral, or unjust, we are causing there to be separation between ourselves and our God. That's why, that's why. Y'all don't mind if I teach for a moment, do you? That, that, that's, that's why, that's why, that's why in the Old Testament, God gave to his people the system of sacrifice. It was through the sacrifice of lambs that the priest would illustrate the seriousness of sin. Sin was so serious that the only way that it could be absolved was through the killing of lambs. A lot of lambs. Plenty of lambs with a lot of blood. God said, I want you to see it. I want the priest to participate in it because I need you to understand, first of all, that sin leads to death. So kill some lambs. When, when the people sin, kill lamb after lamb after lamb because sin leads to to death. The natural result of sin is death. The end game of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the absolving of sin also requires death. The death of the innocent for the life of the guilty. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Remember, remember the lambs that were slaughtered didn't do anything. They weren't bad lambs. Y'all not talking to me in here. The, the, the lambs that were killed were not evil lambs. They, 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 they were not disobedient lambs. They, 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 they were lambs that simply had to be sacrificed by the priests, but they had not offended God. They, they had nothing to do with the sins of the people. These lambs were innocent lambs. Come here, Jesus. God reconciled the world unto himself by taking the system of sacrifice and rather than continuing the slaughter of lamb after lamb after lamb after lamb, God sent us one sacrificial lamb. He was innocent. He didn't have anything to do with our sin. He was innocent, didn't have anything to do with our guilt. He was innocent, didn't have anything to do with our wrong. He was innocent. He was not the guilty party. He was innocent. Walk this earth 30 three years without ever committing a sin. He was innocent. But Paul says that the way that God reconciled the world unto himself was by letting this innocent lamb die for you and for me. Jesus became sin for us. He who knew no sin took on our sin. And this innocent lamb who never sinned. This innocent lamb who had no sin in him and didn't have anything to do with our sin becomes the sacrifice for our sin so that the separation that sin caused between God and man could be fixed. And again, you missed your shout. God sent his son as a sacrificial lamb. And when he spilled his blood. Once. 
and forever. Washed away your sin. If that don't cause you to shout, go home now. If that don't cause you to shout, leave, leave it alone right now because ain't nothing else going to get you. That God loved you so much that he allowed his son who was innocent, who didn't do anything, he allowed his son to take on our sin so that we could get back in relationship with him. sin. It's a serious matter. And what this psalm has us to understand this morning is that as a believer, you need to build into your daily discipline the confession of sin. We don't confess sin anymore. I'm going to let you think about it. I'm going to let you think about the last time you confessed your own sin. Most times when we start praying, we start asking, Lord, come see about me. You know I'm right. When we start praying, we go to asking, God, would you take care of this? Lord, would you handle that? God, would you visit over here? Lord, would you protect my children? Lord, help my grandchildren. Lord, open this door. God, be a fence all around me. And while you're asking the Lord for this, that, and the other, you had not said anything about your sin. That's the problem with so many believers today. That we begin to ask God to do something for us and we have been desensitized to the fact that we've been in sin. We just keep moving like nothing ever happened. Just start talking to the Lord. Fix this. Show up over here. Make this happen. And we just accept God's grace and keep moving Forward, But the danger in not confessing sin, my brothers and sisters, is that you get used to it. The danger in not confessing that you did wrong is that you start to figure out it ain't wrong. And the longer and the more you don't confess wrongdoing, you get desensitized to the fact that you are doing wrong. And that's the problem with so many believers today. We're no longer bothered by our sin. It doesn't bother us to cheat. It doesn't bother us to lie. It doesn't bother us to commit adultery. It doesn't bother us to fornicate. It doesn't bother us to act ungodly. It doesn't bother us to be mean even to the folk we're sitting by right now. It doesn't bother us anymore. We can worship God and cuss somebody out in the same day. It doesn't bother us. It doesn't bother us anymore. It doesn't bother us anymore. And the reason it doesn't bother us is because we no longer confess wrongdoing daily. This psalm helps us with that very thing. For this psalm says that if we are going to live our best lives as believers, that we must actively, regularly, and faithfully deal with the issue and the instances of sin in our lives. 
You can't keep looking over sin and live your best life. You can't keep ignoring sin and live your best life. You can't keep walking in and out of sin and live your best life because sin damages the worldview of the believer. Sin destroys the witness of the believer. Sin distracts the worship of the believer. Sin will mess you up. Let me say this another way. Sin makes you see the world and your place in it differently than how God instituted it. Sin contradicts the goodness for which the believer ought to stand. Sin interrupts true and freely given worship. And so in this psalm, psalmist gives us a few reasons why the regular confession of sin is a necessary discipline that we as believers need to practice. First of all, because Confessing sin allows you to fully live in the joy of being saved. Confessing sin allows you to fully live in the joy of being saved. The psalm begins in verse 1 by saying, happy. <clears throat> happy. Happy are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Happy. When you confess sin, you fully live in the joy <coughs> of being saved. The psalmist begins this psalm then by indicating that the confession of sin will allow you to enjoy your full happy life. The confession and the forgiveness of sin will allow you to be whole and happy. The confession and the forgiveness of sin will help you to fully experience the joy of being saved. And somehow we've got to get happy again about being saved. Oh my God. <clears throat> so, somehow we got to get happy again about being saved. We don't shout anymore about being saved. We don't rejoice anymore about being saved. It's as if we don't value salvation anymore. That was in fact the plea of David when he said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. David recognized the toll that unconfessed sin had taken upon his life and the damage that it had done to his spirit. David said, The joy of being saved is gone from me. The joy of my deliverance is missing. I don't get happy when I ought to be, like some of you right now. I, I don't dance anymore like I danced when I danced out of my robes. David said, I don't worship with a pure heart the way I used to worship you, God. Restore unto me the joy of being saved. Some of us can identify with David. Truth be told, you don't sing the way you used to sing. You don't worship the way you used to worship. You don't lift your hands in the sanctuary the way you used to bless the Lord. And perhaps the reason why is because you too have lost the joy of your salvation. The joy of being among the people of God. The joy of being in the house of the Lord. The joy of singing Zion songs. The joy of praying to the Lord. The joy of hearing the word of God. And even though you still like being in church, there's no joy in your serving. No joy in your singing. No joy in your giving. No joy in your coming. You're just here, but ain't no joy. 
Somebody this morning needs to pray like David, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I want to feel something when I come to church. I need to know something when I come to church. I ought to have something when I come to church. And I, and I sure ought to leave with something when I come to church. Restore unto me. And here it is. One way to get your joy back is by acknowledging and confessing sin. Watch this, y'all. This ain't pretty, but it's necessary. It's coming clean with God. Can I put a cord in the meter and park right here for a minute? It's coming clean with God. It's saying, Lord, I ain't just going to sit here and go through service without coming clean with you. I ain't going to sit here and let the choir sing without coming clean with you. I'm not going to sit here and let the preacher preach without me coming clean with you. Lord, it's some stuff in my heart. It's some stuff in my mind. It's some stuff in my members that I need you to wash out of me. Lord, clean me. And when you let the Lord start washing you day after day and week after week, then you'll get your joy of being saved back. When you tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. I messed up again. Lord, I'm sorry. Clean me. Lord, I did it again. I didn't mean to, but I messed up. God, restore me. God, cleanse me. Lord, wash me. David, David said it like this in Psalm 51. He said, have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Saying, Lord, I'm not just having church. I need you to change me. I didn't come here to just have church. I came here to be changed. I didn't come here to just go through the motions. I came here so you can fix my mind and change me. I don't need to leave here the way I came. I, I did some stuff this week that I've been struggling with. And Lord, you got to make this right in my life. Fix me, God. Wash me, Lord. Change me. Now you can get your joy back. Because who, who wouldn't shout about a God who gave you another chance? Who wouldn't shout about a God who saw your sin and said, I'm still going to own you as my child? Who wouldn't shout? about a God who watched you over and over and over again. Who wouldn't shout? Here, here's what you need to understand. Unconfessed sin continually draws from the pool of your soul until 
you're parched, dry, and empty. I'm going to say it again. Unconfessed sin draws from the pool of your soul until you are parched, dry, and empty. That's why some of us ain't got nothing right now. Because we're parched, dry, and empty because of unconfessed sin. This is why confession is so important, too, because confession allows you to freely grow in the strength of God. Look at it in verse 3. The psalmist says, while I kept silent, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. The psalmist says, while I sat on my sin and refused to acknowledge it, refused to admit it, I noticed something. My body wasted away. I noticed that the longer I sat on it and wouldn't acknowledge it and wouldn't admit it, I recognized that it had some physical effects upon me. The, the, the more I acted like I didn't know what I was doing, the more I realized my whole life was messed up. I, I, I couldn't get out of bed the way I used to. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Things started hurting that wouldn't hurt me. In it's in the text. He said, my body, my body wasted away. It was, it was heavy upon me physically, but it was heavy upon me emotionally. It was heavy upon me spiritually. I could not live my best life. Because, watch this, he says, I kept silent about my sin. I kept silent. Silence of sin will cause a slow disintegration of the self and a slow darkening of your soul to the extent that you will wake up one morning and not even recognize yourself. How did I get here? How did I become this? The psalmist said, I became this because I was too silent about stuff I should have been confessing. I should have been coming to church saying, Lord, wash me. I should have been coming to church saying, God, forgive me. I should have been honest to God, watch this, and to my neighbor about the stuff that I did. This is why we don't do confession, because some of us are embarrassed. Some of us are ashamed. Some of us are guilty. And you should be because you're too old to be acting like this. Some of you way too old to still be doing some of this foolishness that you're doing and, and acting some of these ways. And, and You're supposed to be teaching us. 
You're supposed to be showing us. Some of us mean because y'all mean. You taught us well. We picked it up from you. Look at what he says. He says, it was dried up as by the heat of the summer. If you look at the Pearl River right now, a lot of sand in the Pearl River. Go, go, go to the reservoir and, and they got the gates are locked. Just a little water coming through. You go downstream, the Pearl River is dried up. Why? Because of the heat of the summer and the lack of the rain. And life can be like that sometimes when you don't confess your sin. There will be the heat of the summer and the lack of rain and you'll find yourself dry, parched, empty. The result of unconfessed sin, thirdly, when you allow, when you confess your sin, finally, finally, it allows you to finally experience the full erasure of sin's guilt. The full erasure of sin's guilt. Verse 5, the psalmist said, Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. The psalmist said, I made up my mind. I was going to tell the Lord all about it. I was going to be honest about what I am and what I'm not, what I'm doing and what I did, what I won't help in and what I still struggle with. I'd made up my mind, Lord, I must quit playing church and start getting real with you. He said, and when I did that, God did something for me. He said, he forgave me, watch this, the guilt of my sin. Simply put, he said, I confessed, God forgave. I confessed, God forgave. I confessed, God for I know you're looking for a bigger formula. That's it. I confessed, God forgave. That's all I'm coming with Sunday after Sunday. I confess, God forgave. John says it in 1 John, if we confess all of our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I've confessed, God forgave. Do I have a witness here? And watch this, not only did he forgive me of my sin, but he forgave me of the guilt of my sin. It's there in the text, y'all. In other words, he says, I'm gonna make it so that you don't keep carrying around with you the guilt of what you did. Y'all not talking to me in here. He, he said, I'm going to fix it so that when you get up from here and when you leave the altar, the stuff that you brought here, you're not taking it back with you. He said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new 
creature, all things are passed away. All things have become new. What I bring you, God says, you don't take it back with you. My God, my God. My God, my God. My God, my God. Paul says in Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, which means the guilt of my past. It's on the lamb. The shame of my past. It's on the lamb. The embarrassment of my past. It's on the lamb. Do I have a witness here? I'm talking about that innocent lamb. That lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. Do I have a witness here? Let me hurry up and close now. But I see one last thing in the text that when I confess my sin, it allows me to faithfully worship the Lord in surround sound. I, 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 I need a minute to unpack that. When, when I confess the Lord, it allows me to faithfully worship God in surround sound. I ain't making it up. It's in the text. Uh, it says, therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. At a time of distress, the rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. When I confess my sin, I can then faithfully worship him in surround sound. Okay, okay, you're looking at me funny. Let, 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 let me unpack it. This, this weekend is a holiday weekend. Uh, Labor Day weekend. You, usually in Labor Day weekend, uh, folks who, who like the movies, uh, they pack out movie theaters uh, to see some of the latest flicks, the last of the summer blockbusters. I, I believe one of them is Equalizer 3. Denzel, what, uh, I don't have to fit it. The ladies already finished it for me. Yeah, him, 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 him. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and one of the things about going to the movie theater, particularly with action movies, is that when you sit in the seat, no matter what seat you're sitting in in the movie theater, in an action movie, you, you're going to hear some surround. Surround sound. You, you're looking at me funny. Let me explain surround sound. Surround sound is when you're looking at the screen. Something comes from the right of the screen, goes to the left of the screen, and because it's in surround sound, you hear it. Move from right to left. That's surround sound. When something goes from left to right, because it's surround sound, you hear it go from left to right. Something will be on the screen coming from the back to the front. Because it's in surround sound, you'll hear it come from the back, fly over your head and come to the front because it's in, y'all come in and talk to me, it's in surround sound even if it's under your feet you can feel the rumbling it's called an immersive uh, experience you are fully immersed in that movie because of the video because of the audio you are surrounded 
with sound. Well, my brothers and sisters, you're not in a movie theater this morning. But here's what the psalmist says, is that when you confess your sins, you can faithfully worship God in surround sound. Okay, don't look right now. But around you are some testimonies of folk who can witness to the goodness of the Lord. I promise you, somewhere on the right, somebody can tell you that he's a tumor shrinker. I promise you, somebody behind you can tell you that he's a heart fixer. I promise you, somebody in front of you can tell you that he's a mind regulator. I promise you, somebody to the left of you can tell you that he's a marriage restorer. You're not in the movie theater, but you're surrounded by witnesses who can testify that God has been good. Do I have a witness here? And when you confess your sin, not only will you hear it, but you can be a part of it. Good God Almighty, that God has been good to me. Is there anybody in this house that can testify? God woke me up. God kept me going. God put food on my table. God fought my battles. God put it in surround sound. Let the redeemed of the Lord let the redeemed of the Lord, let the redeemed of the Lord. I hear it in surround sound because every time I look around, I see another blessing. Every time I turn around, I see another blessing. Every time I walk around. me. My soul! My soul! The door's open. The door's open. The door's open to you. 
for those of you that are at home that are worshiping with us via live stream. There should be a number that you can call. And for those of you that are here, the door's open to you. James Wright, in the book of James, in the fifth chapter, somewhere around the 16th verse, it says to confess your fault one to another that you may be healed and lift one another up. It is the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man that will avail it much. In other words, let it be just like the pastor just preached. In other words, let it be real. Let it be real. Whatever you do in Christianity, let it be real. God is. He's my all, and he's my all. My God, my Who is he? Never, never, never 
Let us all stand for the benediction. But just before that, some of you may be just like the man in the ninth chapter of the book of Mark. He had faith, but he asked God in the 24th verse to increase his faith, to help him with his faith. Some of us have faith, but we just hadn't asked God yet to help us with our faith. But if you're lacking in faith, now's the time to ask God to increase your faith. Let us pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for being able to come into the house of prayer one more time. And dear Lord, we sure enough thank you for anointing a preacher to spread your gospel so that all of us here can hear your word. And Lord, we pray that you will keep him and keep his family and all of us, all Christian families, all doors that open in your name, keep us as one. Increase all of our faith. Lord, help us to walk obedience to thine word. Now, who's able to keep you and to present you faultless before the Father, may his words rest and abide in each and every one of us. Now let us all say amen, amen, and amen. God go with you and be with you and keep you safe and sound. Thank you.